1: Today on The Kooligans, we are talking about the incredible and insane weekend in Major League Soccer and why Iguain was being roasted by the Philadelphia
0: Union. That's right. Plus, we talked to Kalen Carr. He's got a new podcast coming out called The Movement. Plus, he tells us some insane stories about Cuauhtemoc Blanco and his time in MLS. That and more today on The Kooligans!
2: What's up, guys? Landon Donovan here, and I got to kick it with The Kooligans today. Keep
1: following, keep listening, keep watching. See you guys soon. Yeah, baby! Yes. (laughs)
2: Yes. <laughs> what happened to my voice? <laughs> we
1: are in the building. That's uh, right. So Who, the, our own buildings? Okay, our, we're yes, still very so, remote. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> our, our buildings are six feet apart. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: we we specifically requested <laughs> that they be moved slightly. <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah. We had to do a lot of you know rezoning and yeah, it, yeah. a lot of permits were required. The paperwork
0: alone is was <laughs> hell.
1: But you know but, what? Nothing is too much for you guys. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah. We tell FUBA we won't work under any other (laughs) condition. All right. Y'all got money. Spend (laughs) it. (laughs) Uh, What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Cooligans. My name is Christian Polanco. And I'm Alexis Guerrero. All right. We are your favorite stand-up comedians that host the funniest soccer show that has ever existed on television, on radio, on On your phone, phone. in (laughs) the
0: the interwebs, all over. It also
1: happens to be the gulliest of all those things as well. Correct. And we have a, a great show uh, today. We're going to be joined by Kalen Carr of, uh, of MLS. Obviously, he's a, a former player and yeah. a host and presenter. He's a, a, and a and a dear friend who we bump into on, on the subway. And so. we
0: heavily roast every time we're we're on any microphones near him. So, yeah,
1: there's something about Kalen that it's just like you just want to roast him. He's I don't know so what... roast, He's roast the bull, <laughs> you know? <laughs>
0: Like I'm not trying to say like you're your your being you're, your vibe is causing me to have to say these things. I don't want to okay. be this mean. You know? I just I feel like it's just nature. I don't know right? what to tell you. Uh no, but we you think we gr- want to bully you, dude? <laughs> okay, he's a good friend. Look, I wore this for him, right? He's always talking about fashion and all that. Look at the drip, huh?
1: Okay, looking good. That's right? uh what, it's an what, what's an old Aberdeen called? kit.
0: This Aberdeen. might be from 2000, right? Uh, all right, just- no doubt. Right? Scottish, Scottish
1: football. (laughs) I don't know if that accent is good or not. Um, I'm just going to assume it's bad. Uh, but, <laughs> so a lot to uh, talk about uh, today. Obviously, you know, like a couple uh, a couple weeks ago, we had M- uh, Matt Doyle on the show, right, of mm-hmm. MLSSoccery.com, and he was talking about how there's there's just so many games. There's just so many so many things to cover. There's just a lot going on right now in Major League Soccer. Especially this and, weekend. There was like 45 games at the same time. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> this <was>, is <was> great. <laughs> there, was, there was a lot. I'm, like, even if you have like a multi screen uh, uh you know thing you can't even watch every game you know no, what you mean? need like, to be in one of those control rooms like those yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean where there's it's just like a screen every five like every five MLS, inches i don't got enough bandwidth to watch all these games i'm trying
0: yo yo fam how many gigabits do we need <laughs> of internet
1: <laughs> there's a lot uh, but i, I want to focus on one in particular because uh the philadelphia union hosted inter miami in a very yeah. rainy very wet Subaru park, okay? All right. Uh, it's uh, the, the the WAP is wet-ass park, okay? Wet-ass
0: pitch. Wet-ass Also, <laughs> I love that the rain did not stomp down any gulliness
1: during this match whatsoever. <laughs> not at all. And obviously, the, the big uh, news and the big focus was on uh, Gonzalo Higuain. Obviously, uh, moved over from Juve. Uh, uh, you know the 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 lesser known Iguain brother, in when it comes to MLS, I love it. They're like, "Yo, Iguain, welcome to MLS."
0: Here's Chester, Pennsylvania, <laughs> and he's like, "Okay, all right, I
1: see how it's gonna be. This ain't gonna be an easy introduction, nah, fam, nah, dude. Uh, it, it was a rough uh, game for him, right? He had a couple great chances. There was that he he almost had a bicycle kick that went off the post. Yeah, that was insane." Uh, but really the, the, the main news,
0: all the news is the penalty,
1: the penalty. He gets, uh, there was a a penalty. I I believe that was a handball, uh, on cash for Shabilko and, uh, in the box. So it's rather impressed
0: with your ability to say Shabilko. Yeah, dude, right. bro, because I, I that's I, one I, of those you have to listen to how someone says you can't read that because there's there's like a there's like a there's like a squiggly there's, line in there. there's a p, there's there's a... A p. it starts with like a p you you're yeah. ready, it throws already you off. you're like
1: what's going on am I supposed to you know so the uh, so uh, uh, handball on and I, I, this was already a bit of a shock to me that it was already Iguain's penalty like they it was already decided. Uh, uh, every, you know, even though Pizarro's there, everybody, there's other players that like, well, I have no conversation, more, no conversation. He was like, yo, I'm, I'm, I get off the plane. Right. I'm walking uh, to the penalty spot. Right. That's how it works.
0: Like, <laughs> as soon as the whistle was blown, he looked at everyone's like, y'all know this Higuain time, right?
1: <laughs> okay. Y'all better uh, not even touch that ball. <laughs> and yo, the Philadelphia union were not having it right no. because he obviously misses the penalty skies it skies, skies it. it skies it so look when it, it's a typical Eaglein, right we know right? we've seen him in, in Copa Americas we've seen him in in, in World Cups uh it's they, like
0: making pancakes the first one right that one's a throwaway. <laughs> You're just trying to see what's up, right? <laughs> right? You're just trying to see how hot the pan is. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Right? The first one always gets thrown out. Yeah. You give it to the dog or something. And that's what he was doing put a little gift in the stands Correct. for the uh, for the stewards. Look,
1: how did it, I of course I should have I should have addressed it as the pancake rule. Everyone knows the pancake rule. <laughs> <Right>? no,
0: <laughs> no one here listening or watching had to think
1: what does he no, mean? You all know exactly no, what I meant. We knew exa- yes. Uh, we 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 know the system. What am I, am I an animal? <laughs> okay. oh, you think I don't watch this sport? I don't know about pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> so, missed the penalty, but really what happened afterwards was really, was what, what was so incredible because everyone on the Philadelphia Union even though they were up 2-0 were ce- celebrating so hard that it was Gleznes
0: basically <laughs> sky fist pumped inches away from Igwain's face
1: but Igwain yeah. wasn't even mad at him he was mad yeah. at somebody else because his fist pumped so hard i think he like gave uh, like uh Higuain, like a fade you know what i mean yeah, like it was yeah, that yeah, close yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was he that heard, close to he his heard, head. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Uh, oh, man. Yo, I, I wanted just a, a number three Damn,
0: <laughs> Also, I think you got mosquitoes. Something just.
1: <laughs> so, uh, and then, uh, but it would look like uh, Iguain got really upset with Kai Wagner, right? He, he right. was directing his anger at him. And then uh, uh, Brujo Martinez. Gets in the way, tries to stop everything, but instead of trying to calm everybody down, mediate things, he was he did the well yeah. so, He's like, yo, don't fight, <laughs> but also here
0: comes a roast. You know what I mean? Like why I'm you gonna crying? stop. I'm gonna stop doing. Don't you dare hit this little baby, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Hit this yeah. little baby bitch ass. Yeah. <laughs> like, why don't you cry like, why don't you cry on your seven million dollars a year? How about that? yeah, you know? yeah. why don't you take a private jet <laughs> to go get some Kleenex for that crying? <laughs> it's
1: like, like, it was incredible. There was just so much going on. Uh, but doesn't this of- seem
0: like the perfect thing for a Jim Curtin team to do? We've had Jim Curtin on the show, friend but of the show. It, but
1: it's so strange because Jim Curtin comes off as much more chill than that. But I imagine behind closed doors in the locker room, he must be like, yo, yeah. I, I need your roast pipita as Bro. soon as you get out there. Well, as soon as he steps on a pitch, get in his ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yo, Jim, I didn't know this. Was- I thought you were just, a dude, that I like nice sneakers. <laughs> Brujo's you know? like, yeem. <laughs> <laughs> Calmate. <laughs> <laughs> no, incredible. Uh, we, we got so, all these uh, great messages of people being like, yo, gullies are the Philadelphia Union right now. Wow, gully. <laughs> and we, we were talking about that in the in the Western Conference, the Sounders are dominating, but the Eastern Conference, is looking like, you know, uh, Philadelphia Union really got something to say. So it's quite impressive. Yeah. Uh, Kayleen Carr is on the show today, so stick around. Uh, make sure you uh, watch that. But I want to uh, start this uh, this segment real quick with a little uh, unboxing, a little reveal. Hey. Hey, we got a we little got, unboxing. It's hard to see because of the reflection, but we got some stickers here from True North Elite and the shirt that I'm wearing, the True North Elite Black Lives Matter shirt. So this. shouts to True North Elite uh for all this uh, awesome stuff we appreciate it. this came from this came from Chad Benty Chad uh, Benty which uh, who, is which if you don't know is the
0: largest cup you can order at Starbucks <laughs> right <laughs> that's great
1: yeah i'm sure we'll love that uh the chad chad is an a awesome dude uh, a gully squad member we met him when uh we went to minnesota and we did the show with him. That's me, right. and With the hats uh, yeah that uh, the was live dope show it was great uh and he sent a letter he says Dear the Cooligans, shouts to you the Cooligans uh, from everyone Aww, in True North us. us. <laughs> He's right. <laughs> from everyone in True North Elite we just want to say thank you for everything you have done and continue doing during the COVID lockdown and protest. You guys are killing it out there and uh out there in the soccer media world. Thank you for continuing on and giving us that great Cooligans content of D yelling at Alexis during the Twitch stream. <laughs> and thank you for your great ADD filled quote unquote commentary on the watch alongs. Keep, <laughs> keep up the great work on bringing uh, great guests every show. And thanks for asking my dumb questions that I ask sometimes. Thank you for the invite to your Zoom birthday parties. Can't wait to do it in person. Hopefully, next time you two are the best. And keep up the good work. Love you guys. Also, shouts to the Gully Squad. You are all the best. Uh, Your friend Chad Bente, chomp chomp. Chomp chomp. (laughs) Let's go.
0: Thank you so much, Chad. That was so dope.
1: Uh, Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. True North. True North Elite, uh, everybody, uh, you know, the, for Dark Clouds, everyone in Minnesota has always been uh, really kind and really yeah, supportive uh, to us. So, so thank you. Uh, so, uh, all right. So, speaking of uh, things going on in soccer, let's get let's try to get to this uh, a little bit. Uh, we don't have too much time, but we, it, it, given that I'm wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt, I want to just uh, give a shout out to San Diego Loyal because yeah. they did something really, really incredible. Obviously, there was I don't think a, I've
0: ever seen this before.
1: Yeah, it was an, uh, a very obviously a very unfortunate thing. Where a player from LA Galaxy two uh, used right. the N word on on a San Diego Loyal player, it was every, everything was confirmed. We all know we know who did it. He admitted know, to it. Admitted to it. It was uh, there were witnesses or whatever. The player has been released. Um, but the interesting thing here is that the San Diego Loyal have forfeited the match and are not accepting the point. They said think- they
0: won a point. Uh they won a point. There was a draw, but they said that they don't even want to be associated. They want to be on record as having any part to do with that game because of that incident, which is I don't I've never seen that before. Someone saying, like, yo, take our name off the whole thing. We don't want to be a part of it. And yeah. yo, just shouts to San Diego Loyal for standing up for their player, which I wish we would see more in Europe. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So
1: Hopefully this really sets a a standard and a precedent uh, because this is a a very bold statement and it's the right thing to do. Uh, So shout to you, San Diego. Absolutely. That's awesome. For doing exactly that. Uh, All right. right.
0: Uh, Let's come back. Yeah, that's right. Because we got Kaylin Carr when we get back right after this. Hey, everybody, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Which we just want to break it with a word for one of our sponsors, us.
1: And us, technically the- you. <laughs> <laughs> the Cooligans uh, have now gotten into the mask game. Okay, right, everybody- We are. Big
0: mask. That's the business we're in, baby.
1: <laughs> Look, if you want to get, obviously, everybody, you need a mask. Wear a damn mask uh, if you want to get over this dumb pandemic that is ruining all our lives. Uh, right. But so we, we, we decided, you know what? Let's make one. And I think it would be kind of cool uh, if it has the Cooligans logo on it. It also says, stay safe and stay gully. Right on it. You'll be the freshest, gulliest mask wearer in uh, in the world. Uh, everybody, so sure- at,
0: everybody at that Wegmans or wherever you go in, <laughs> as they're dragging some maskless Karen out, and you walk past them wearing this, will be like, "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah,
1: you're just like you. With your Cool with your Against mask, you're just gonna be like, "Couldn't be me." Okay. Nah, fam, I'm staying
0: gully and safe. And here's the best part. One hundred percent of the proceeds is going to go to charity. We are, we are, uh, I guess, doing a collaboration with South Bronx United. Uh, they help the community in the South Bronx. They have a soccer academy. They do educational classes. They had a journalism class that uh, Christian and I spoke at, and they were like, "Who are these two? They're not journalists. We know more than them." And I am like, yep. "Oh, the darn These kids <laughs> say the darndest things." Uh, and also, they help out the community where they hand out masks. Uh, they they do a lot of legal help for uh, a community that could use all of those things, and we absolutely love all those things. We grew up in similar communities, so we wanted to give back. So, 100 of the proceeds of this mask goes to that. And in fact, Upper 90, who is teamed up with us and is making the mask, actually gave us an even better deal, so we could give even more to charity. So, exactly. this would mean a lot to us if you would purchase this. Even if you didn't need an extra mask, it's worth having one, especially one that's as gully as this.
1: Exactly. So, you know, if you don't need one, give it to you. give it to your child. Okay, right. they, they could use a nice gully mask while they put are put one on your learning. puppy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so pick one up. You can you can get them at soccercooligans.com they are from upper 90 they're a high quality mask they they they, you can wear them for a long time they're really comfortable uh highly recommend it even if you again even if you don't need one all the proceeds do go to charity uh so you'll you'll be supporting a very good cause in south bronx united uh so again go you can see the the description the link will be in the the description of this podcast episode uh or you can just go right to soccercooligans.com and the link will be there as well so pick up a mask today
0: all right, baby, we're back on the Cooligan's Living Room FC, and uh, our guest is finally
1: here, Christian. Yeah, yeah the as long overdue, the highly esteemed. Yes, uh, <laughs> we have
0: been begging this, man. I can think back to about four and a half years ago when I saw this dude just hanging out on the train, and I got real close to him. And I was like, yo, you on MLS, I'm a comedian, I got a podcast, be on
1: it. And he was like...
0: And I think he was searching for Mace at the moment. Uh, well that's usually
1: yeah. how we, we book our guests. We have Alexis. It's very really get real, a real close talker, you know. Yeah. That's how we got Landon Donovan, you know, I kind of muscled muscled him onto the show. He was like, This is my
0: floor in this elevator. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, because you gotta get around me, my Jeep. Okay. I'm not gonna you be leaving Algeria's
1: defenders. You, know you I mean? ain't even until I get this agreement
0: that you I will appear <laughs> on our program. The producers have co signed it. Fubo loves our booking style. (laughs) But this dude, you know him. What? I mean, he wore a helmet while he played, right? Yes. Houston Dynamo, Chicago <laughs> Fire. And you're like, the helmet, it probably was more function than fashion. And then we got to meet him after the game, and we're like, that was 100% fashion. All right? Because this dude likes to stay on the cusp. In fact, so much so that we're about to talk about a podcast that he's got coming out that was just profiled on Hypebeast. And could you find a more perfect publication for this man? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Alicia Driving, MLS's own, hour. good friend based on that subway
1: altercation
0: <laughs> ladies and gentlemen the one and only Kalen carr everybody what's <laughs> what
1: is good what's uh up? yes honored to have you on this show it's been uh too long you know people have the streets have demanded it for for a long time and it's finally happening
2: i forgot about that subway interaction actually <laughs> until now I, I remember it vividly now that i was on the f train. Yep. I was going across town to, uh, I was playing a men's league game, I think, and I was like, I had my boots and everything like that, and this might surprise you, I don't get recognized much in uh, the world, <laughs> you gotta go deep, so yeah. uh, it felt kind of good, it felt nice, but anyways, thanks for having me on guys, I- I'm-, I'm really happy to be here. You're like it yeah, felt yeah. good,
0: and then I talked. <laughs>
1: You're like, ah. Yeah, it's like it's like being recognized, but for the wrong reasons by the wrong person. <laughs> I thought it was
2: maybe for my men's league exploits. So I was, I, yeah. I was in my prime in men's league those days. Imagine I, thought,
0: I was like, why oh. did you ever play in MLS? <laughs> that round. You were so good.
1: <laughs> uh, Kaylin, dude, like we said, we're huge fans of you. Uh, I mean, we obviously have been watching. Uh, we we saw you play. We watched your, you know, your. Your work uh, on, uh, on, MLS, uh, on on MLS soccer dot com on MLS's broadcast. Um, you right now uh, are you, obviously the, the movement, which is a video series that you've been doing for a long time. Uh, that's uh, spanned globe. You've done so many awesome things. Uh, kind
0: 34 of- episodes, right? That's right? Yeah. That's right. Wow.
1: And, and being uh, getting like a uh, coverage of, of just different things w- related to soccer uh, but right now and I want to spend as much time as possible talking about this because I listened to the the first episode of the movement podcast uh, which uh, really focused on the the black players for change uh, uh, organization and the movement and everything that's been going on this summer which has just been uh, you know obviously either with tragic and then these positive things that have come from it uh, the the podcast is incredible if People, everybody uh, watching and listening, make sure you check it out. Uh, but what was the what was this experience like for you? What 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 triggered the idea to do this? And then, who are you now after? Because listening to it, I can imagine that the 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 conversations were difficult, painful, and and so you know how is how is everything now? How, how are you right now?
2: Well, um, I would say I'm good. I'm I'm here with you guys, and I, I think it's been cool to see how. Um, This summer, the conversation, a lot of conversations that frankly I was having with players, former teammates or friends, maybe behind closed doors or in kind of quiet corners of locker rooms or just kind of casually um, are now coming to to light. And uh, more people are talking about it in media and in soccer media specifically, which is a really positive thing. Um, Terrible circumstances that have brought this on, but also not new circumstances, not circumstances that are... Um, you know, the long predate this podcast and will sadly continue beyond it. And it was one of these things where we've traveled around and talked to a lot of these players around whether it was, uh, we just did a piece in the video series on the El Paso shooting. Um, and Alejandro Badoya when he grabbed the microphone and said, Hey, Congress, stop gun violence, do something now. Or even when you go further back and we look at some of the issues. Uh, um, we did one in Pulse uh, nightclub shooting in Orlando. Mm-hmm. So we've done multiple episodes around this. We've looked at different cultures and communities that maybe haven't ha- always had the voice or the opportunity to, I don't know, have uh, have their perspectives heard. or that. Uh, and now we've seen that sort of across sports media and, and the sporting landscape where people are speaking out. And um, that has a long legacy, but also uh, a pretty long one as well as soccer. And we've seen really the women's side pushing that conversation forward through Megan Rapinoe and then WSL and even on the, um, on the basketball side with the, uh, with the WNBA and the NBA players speaking out. But now it feels like there's this new wave of players within MLS that are really over the last, I would say four years especially, um, pushing that conversation forward. And it's been little by little, and I think people are just starting to listen more and more but as the conversation happened, kind of like everybody, I was sitting um, and watching what was happening with George Floyd. First, that murder happening. Um, Breonna Taylor was before that. But then that kind of sparked the energy to, for people yeah. to start speaking about her case. Then I was in Atlanta for the quarantine where my girlfriend's family lives. And that's where Ahmaud Arbery was killed in Georgia. And then Rayshard Brooks as well. And so I started going to protests and I was seeing people from Atlanta United supporters who were seeing me. I was posting about on just on social media and some of the fans were like, hey, like let's link up. We're out here in the streets too. Can we get together? We're organizing. They were kind of using some of the sort of essence of a supporters group or the structural organization to make signs um, that I actually just sort of walked by and saw one for George Floyd. And I took a photo of it, and they were like, hey, this is um, Gorilla Company. That's our supporters group. We make that sign. We put it in a visible area for people to see. So I started seeing the soccer community really stepping up and being a part of this. And right around the same time was when Ray Gaddis hit me up. Uh, Ray's a guy that I've gotten to know for a while now from either playing against each other and then through Warren Creval, who's a really close friend of mine. And we were just at his wedding um, in Houston, last December which was like my last social experience <laughs> which, I mean we went pretty hard it was really fun and tons of MLS players CJ Spong Ashton Morgan a bunch of people were there but we probably would have had it even more fun if we would have known the world was about to shut down um, exactly. yeah. but but uh, Ray hit me up and was like I'm back in Indianapolis and I'm going to protests um, in my hometown and he's like how can we get this story out there And I was in Atlanta and I was like, looked it up and I was like, it's a maybe six, seven, eight hour drive. I don't have a car. (laughs) I don't know how to get there. I don't have a camera crew. I don't have any of the things that we normally would have for the movement show. And I was like, maybe we could just do an audio interview and capture that. And then from there it began to grow where I was like, I've always wanted to talk to Jeremy Abobisi about this. Like, how's he doing right now? And then I was like, right where George Floyd was murdered, Ike Opara lives a mile away from there and I talked to Ike wow. on a movement episode a year before about uh, police brutality and, and what it's like for him as a black man in Minneapolis when he leaves the stadium and, and the threat that he feels at times. And so it, was, uh, it kind of began to go and go and then the BPC formed, we saw what happened in Orlando on that opening night, then with the Philadelphia Union changing their names. So I just kept calling people up again and, and following up on the story. And sadly, it wouldn't end. I mean, we, we thought we had finished the episode um, a couple of times, and then there was another murder after the next where we, I interviewed people in Atlanta about uh, Ahmad Arbery, and then it was Rashard Brooks. And then I was like, oh, well, we have, we have to go back and talk to people again. And yeah. then it was MLS returns to their markets, and then it was Reggie Cannon getting booed in Dallas, and then it was uh, everything that happened with Dolly Hansen in Salt Lake. So it was just this... A story that continues and will continue to go sadly but also in a really I was really moved and inspired by these players being willing to talk to me about it share their experiences and the way that they have organized collectively to push uh, for social change
1: yeah, Absolutely. and just and just to cap that point, it's just like how uh, uh, how awesome it is to to hear the the players and and the work that they're doing, and it really comes off. You it almost it doesn't sound like you're you're talking to athletes, right? It sounds like you're talking to purely Seasoned, passionate activists yeah. that are trying to change the world. Uh, so we were discussing the movement podcast, and especially that that uh, first episode. But the interesting thing is with the last uh, couple months, there have been. Uh, you know, it, it it has been pretty incredible that uh, Major League Soccer has taken, uh, has really listened to its players and listened to uh, the the BPC organization uh, to to kind of uh, help make change and not be you know like the NFL was very adversarial with Colin Kaepernick and, and you you're starting to see that the culture is changing so much where that would be ridiculous right but there's still some like you know not everyone is going to get it right the first time immediately and or or in every single instance and one of them you mentioned the del loy hansen uh uh, kind of you know things coming to light and some so some people are critical of mls especially like sort of the response and there's almost like this um like you know Pussyfooting around, like, what the exact problem is, and still being kind, uh, uh, and being patient with people that, you know, kind of either say awful things or do awful things. What is the, being, you know, working for MLS and, and trying to deliver this message, do you feel a sense of, uh, I don't know, either responsibility or uh, duty to, like, kind of get everyone on board or kind of share the, the message that you're trying to, you know, deliver, even with your own, like, coworkers?
2: Yeah, well, I, I think everybody right now has been tasked with, Having to look at their own community, and look at their own immediate, whether it's your family, your friends, people you interact with on a daily basis, your coworkers, whatever, or yourself, and I think that's something that I've tried to take on. And I just think, especially at a time like this, it's very easy to point out the window and say, "That's wrong," right? You watch the video of these murders, and you're like, "Yeah, that that's wrong." There, we can all agree that's it's horrific to see it, and that's. Sadly, it's taken, um, in a lot of these cases, the video to actually prove to people that this has been something that's been going on for a long time. And, uh, but it's a little harder to sort of look out the window at some of the injustice you're seeing and realize that in some ways that's a mirror for your own community or for your own self or your own life or your own you know, place uh, that you are in. And I think that's what we've all been tasked to do and what I, I, I'm trying to take on to do alongside Uh, alongside people and yeah racism doesn't just exist in the streets right it exists in football it exists in soccer it exists in our sport and I think it's taken I think it's been easier to some ways look abroad and say oh you see what's happened to Raheem Sterling or you've seen what's happened to uh, Mario Balotelli or you have seen it happen in these other places in Syria that's their problem right that's not our problem that's not something we have to deal with and then you start to look a little bit deeper and you say well racism doesn't just exist in the ways that are so obvious where you just can't ignore it right where it's 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 the way somebody would you know do a monkey chant or or in the sort of conceptions of racism that we that are we all accept are are wrong but it exists in these sort sort of small minute ways whether it's in the media in the way we talk about players or whether it exists in the how we select Uh, players for our team or whether it exists in our structures, right? Like the structures of organizations or ownership, that's not immune to the structures that exist in our society at large. And so I think what's happening right now in MLS is people are beginning to examine some of that and being in some, people are holding up the mirror and by people, I mean the BPC (laughs) and I think communities around them and people who support them to say that, you know, this really isn't right. And what can we do to make it better? And in some cases that's been painful to watch. And my thing is like, we can't only respond, I'll speak as a league or as a soccer community in moments of crisis, right? Like we can't just respond when something is is wrong or there's, you got somebody tweeting at you or you have somebody who says something terrible in the media. Like, those are the easy and obvious times, I think, to, all right, wow, what do we do? But it's a lot longer journey and a harder road to, not in moments of crisis, but in normal times, to have this just become a normal part of your life to say, okay, we're not just not racist, we're anti-racist, or whatever it is. Like, we're working to create access or opportunity and to make sure that we understand that soccer isn't just this little bubble, right? It's not this safe bubble that exists... That's just this beautiful little thing that is just yeah. naturally good. That's the point I was trying to make at the end of the podcast. Is like Not to give it away, but just to say that like, we are not um, just in this little snow globe of perfect harmony. Like, there's a lot of things that where the, the forces outside really do affect us, and the, and the I, structures I, within I, it can be changed as well.
1: I only sing Kumbaya in the supporters section. I don't know what you're talking about. You
2: know, um, the part about this
0: disease, about COVID-19, that scares me is that we can't all hold hands for 90 minutes (laughs) with the opposite supporters, which we all do. Per usual. Oh, yeah, (laughs) every day. I mean, (laughs) when when you look at your podcast, uh, was it a conscious decision after you got all these interviews to say, like, I think we can convert the video series, which is probably very difficult to do right now, uh, to this audio thing, and do you think, it'll have the same translation. Do you think it'll be different? Are you looking for maybe an evolution Mm -hmm. of the idea? Where, where's your head at as you see it sort of going into our realm? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I've got to be careful
2: with that. (laughs) During the commercial breaks, you're like, Hey, you're talking too much. (laughs) (laughs) I never said that. (laughs) (laughs) No, Uh, no, I, I just, um, I don't know. Actually, it's a really good question. I I really don't know. I, I, I think my sort of, hope is that we do both. And you just kind of let the stories decide which one fits best. Right now, it's just, um, this was the best way to tell this story at the moment in a safe way. Um, but it's something I've been wanting to do for a long time is to do an audio version of the, of the stories as well. And the cool thing about it was, if you go to like Portland and I only hang out with Jeremy Abobasi, it's just a Portland story. And whatever I get in those four or five days there, you get on the plane back to New York, it's over. That's a, that's the end of the piece, right? Yeah. And there's something really nice about that. And <laughs> yeah. There's some, Because, yeah, from a work standpoint, but also from like you're capturing this sort of capsule. But right. this one kind of opened things up in a way where I could talk to players from so many different cities and you could still capture some of that same feeling of like, you're riding along with me to Atlanta and like going out to a protest or you're going uh, to feel what it feels like for Ike in Minneapolis or Ray in Indianapolis, or sorry, Minneapolis and Indianapolis, Um, so I I think in some ways that was kind of a cool surprise for me to realize like, oh, I could could talk to people multiple times, like you just got to get on a Zoom room, and I think for when we look at soccer media overall, like the way you guys have adapted, I don't have to come into the studio necessarily or be in New York to be on your show, whereas that that might open up some possibilities to get more perspectives or people involved that um, otherwise it would be a little bit harder. But, you yeah, know, but now uh, I can't be, see
0: them on the subway now. You know? <laughs> I, <laughs> I do on th- the subway in a strange, <laughs> I, weird, twisted yeah. way. i right. be, be
1: honest. Look, uh, 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 the movement you know audio podcast about Hawaii is not really the same as actually going that there. That needs to be a
2: video episode. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Without a doubt. Like, we also
0: we can't see you away. walking 120 frames per second on the audio podcast.
2: Yeah. So yeah. No. is it I'm even really the sure movement? How I, how I got away with that one. Exactly. Yeah and yeah he's there nope. he's going to teach yeah. me how to surf it's going to be good I let's do this
1: I think that that was one of the first times we hung out was in uh, the All-Star Game in Chicago and Alexis was doing the impression of you doing this one foot yes. in front of the other uh, at, at the, um, uh, what is it? Typically Section on eight.
0: train tracks, graffiti <laughs> in the background, <laughs> yeah. soft music playing. It's if great. you can find
2: a way to do that on a podcast, I would really, I've been trying <laughs> to figure this one out for a while. It's, just, it's hard. We got uh, more. Right. We got more. Alexis is, and that, was, that was a good, impression I will say like he, he <laughs> like I've, I don't know if he'd been practicing in the mirror but I feel like he was definitely had the slow motion the whole vibe. oh yeah, yeah. he, he was, was
1: waiting on that one he was oh, like, buddy, when yeah. I meet when I meet Kalen <laughs> I was showing my move babe. yeah <laughs>
0: the uh let's look back at your career a little bit because you are we were in Chicago for MLS All-Star and you know, we kind of messed with you a little bit. We were roasting as you were trying to film stuff. You know, just ruining uh, your budget. Uh, and the one thing I I notice is that you are beloved in Chicago. You're not just liked. Like you, when you walk by, everyone's like, oh, "That's Kalen Carr." Kalen yeah, Carr yeah. is here. What? Why do you think that uh, that city connected with you so strongly?
2: I don't know. I mean, I remember when I first showed up to the. Uh, The club, I mean, the first meet and greet you do, like all of Section 8 already knew everything about me. Like, I I pulled up and they were like, Hey, you went to Berkeley, your mom's a professor, like, (laughs) you went to Brazil when you were 16 to train. And I was like, You know, you're going from being like a college kid eating burritos in Berkeley to being like, Oh, I'm a professional athlete now, I don't know if anybody's gonna know me. And then everybody immediately was like, Had done all this kind of research on me, and and they're really eager dump, to get to know me
1: dumped a stack of paperwork like yeah. this is all Kaylin Carr. we know Dude, you everything.
2: cheated on this test in
1: high school
0: they haven't you're like why is that they yeah, that's the day. kind of player we day. need
2: <laughs> here yeah. wow no but it, it was awesome and then like i don't know i think mls players in general are you see it even when i look at guys now and um you go around the league and you look at like zarek valentin is a guy that i think of a lot that pops to mind as somebody who's just like really gone a, a, out of his way to just be a normal dude and is a normal guy and is just meeting people and you go around to like almost every club you see this um i remember roger levec in seattle and like i don't know if i ever ascended to those uh ranks but i just think mls players are unique in a way where you're not making well some dudes now are making millions of dollars yeah. but Uh, I sure wasn't and you just kind of get a chance to connect with people there's less barriers to entry to get to know fans and um, that was always something that I kind of enjoyed about it like I mean you could see it in the work I do now I just I enjoy like you guys do like linking up with people and meeting through playing sport and so I never looked at it as that much different than just like that um and meeting people so and then my mom would come visit chicago and she had lived there and gone to university of chicago so um like she knew everybody from the ushers to the fans to everybody around the club so the club was in a really cool place when i arrived there was like cj brown and jim Curtin and chris armis and uh like all these really legendary players that were able to kind of like usher me along and show me the ropes of how to be a professional and like what it means to play for a club like that and so it was a really easy place to land, especially when you look at like, Chicago's just a great sports town. Um, yeah. We opened a brand new stadium, now they're going back to Soldier, but um, it was just a really fun time. And I lived with like two dudes that I grew up with in uh, in the Bay Area who were just like, you know, working normal jobs, but we lived in like a three bedroom uh, spot over in like, you know, I think we were in South Loop. We moved around because, you know, young, young guys, but it was it was, it was was a really fun time in my life. and. You um, kept trashing every apartment you lived in. <laughs> you I got kicked out. What's <laughs> well, this they, chain yeah. on our door? Oh, they would is, do a party on Friday nights, and yeah. they'd be like, oh, man, I got, I got a game tomorrow. But right. <laughs> you guys want some tickets. Yeah. We'll uh, believe w- that. What about uh, you were
1: there while Cuauhtémoc uh, Blanco was there. That yes. must have been absolutely insane. I mean, th- this uh, just in like just... Uh, uh, connection with the with the mexican commuter in chicago which is awesome like we've hung out a lot in in pilsen in, in that area it's just incredible uh what also was a legend what the, i mean legend yeah. as well yeah g- the governor blanco yeah, of course <laughs> what was it like playing with him and then th- that that connection to the fan base when uh, when he arrived and did he ever make I, you pay for a meal <laughs>
2: <laughs> no he was good about that he was really good about that i mean uh I think guys were actually nervous before he came because you had heard about uh, Guatemoc and just like, he's just a crazy personality, a massive personality, a massive star. And so you're like, we had a pretty good locker room and we were like, well, is is this going to like, this could go really bad. (laughs) like This could be crazy. I don't know what this is going to be like. And it was crazy for sure. It was nuts. Um, But in a really good way, in a really fun way, like he would take... I mean, him and I actually became—I would say—pretty close friends in the time that we played together, and just really kind of got along. He called me um, spaghetti because of my hair. I had like the curly hair, and he would—he would like. uh, Oh, so you've been getting
1: roasted your entire life, kid? It's not us. It's
2: not just us. It prepared me for this podcast. Yeah, I think he called me cuerpo chihuaheño, which was (laughs) like
1: like a chihuahua, like little
2: dog body.
0: I remember him like. That's a classic big dude roast of a guy. (laughs) Like I I would call Christian chest when this podcast started, which is like that gets it off
1: me being too big. It's his fault (laughs) for being too thin. Yeah, Yeah, we need to. This is how we need to bond and connect. Uh, Us thin, frail folks. (laughs) (laughs) These big dudes been attacking us, us for too long.
2: No, he, he we we gotta stick together, man. I wish you, I wish I had you I wish I had you in the locker room back then because he like he tied me to a rolling chair and pushed me out into the Toyota Park uh <laughs> parking lot with the whole front office is like upstairs looking at me and I'm just like low in my chair. Yeah,
1: Guatemak Blanco, Blanco is an eighties bully from a, Yo, movie,
2: <laughs> no, but, he is a but frat
1: a... a frat hazer is what he is.
2: <laughs> but it was all love. Like it was it, i I don't know. I kind of loved it all too. It was really fun, and like he gave me a lot of belief on the on the pitch as well too. And we kind of had a um, like we had one Carlos Osorio who was uh, came in as the uh, as the head coach around yeah. the same time, and I, we went on this incredible run and got into the playoffs. I was starting playoff games. Like it was really really fun, and um, yeah, we went to Mexico with him, which was insane. I remember there was one time where this guy came to watch us train, I think we were in Aguas Calientes, and this guy shows up in a, like a Volkswagen bug, and it was all America, painted all America, and he takes off his shirt, and he's got a, t- a tattoo of Cuauhtémoc's face right on his shoulder, and then another one of him doing the like, Aguila celebration. Oh, yeah, right yeah. here. Um, there it is, yeah, <laughs> on, a, on his back, and I see him sign his forearm with a Sharpie, And he's got this elaborate signature it's massive it's like you know it's a long name and he just goes Mm -hmm. he goes all in because he wasn't shy and the (laughs) next day um the guy comes back and it's tattooed over the Wow. uh, wow over the sharpie and i was like oh man i know this was around the time of beckham and i was like beckham is crazy and that's amazing but I don't know if people are doing this like dedicating their <laughs> whole body to yeah someone like that and just to go to mexico and see not even mexico i mean we went to salt lake we would go to lax we go people would leave their shift at the airport to just i don't know if they quit their jobs. just be like i don't care <laughs> i'm going to get this autograph get on whatever seat
0: you want i gotta go see Qu- <laughs> it <laughs> was like
2: it was like traveling with a rock star it was it was like yeah, yeah. the the affection that they had for him and like what he meant i think coming from where he came from, I think in Pepito, which is like a really rough area. He told me it's where you go if you lost your, uh, if you got your like, car stolen or your radio stolen, that's where you got to go to buy it back. So just like <laughs> a guy that had, was blue collar represented like culture and went and did it at the you know, highest level for his country. Uh, but he, he brought it every day in MLS and every training, he used to get kicked like crazy and played through it all, and just one of the best teammates I've ever played with, and and just funnest characters ever to be around.
1: Yeah, Uh, yeah. incredible. Kaylin's just like, uh, a comedian uh, recognized me on the subway, you know? (laughs) So similar (laughs) to your tattoo story.
2: (laughs) That was big. That was big for me. Don't undervalue that. That was was
0: big. (laughs) We're here with Kalen Carr of Major League Soccer uh, and, obviously, the Movement Podcast. Go check it out wherever you get your podcasts. Um, right after you download, subscribe, and leave five stars for the cool against. Right after yeah, that. That's, that's, it, won't, it
1: won't play unless you do
0: all those things first. <laughs> Which I think is really cool of you guys to put that on there. Uh, when we look at your career, uh, you know, to go from playing – And the era you did which is just past uh sort of where teams are getting contracted and it seems like your career was at the beginning of the change for mls to sort of be the league that it is today uh looking down looking down at the league that you're you know now working for and seeing all the changes from this perspective that you now have obviously it's got to be exciting what do you think could possibly be next like everyone is always asking like what's going to happen by the time we get to the next world cup or possibly by 2026 when the world cup comes here players are getting sold to big european teams we're developing players at a faster rate and at a better rate than we ever have before no disrespect to you obviously like what do you think (laughs) is going to happen what what do you see for the next few years for mls
2: it's exciting. I mean, I I've, I do think about myself and how I would fit in into this new MLS. I, I, wish, I wish I played in this version. I think everybody probably who played in the earlier versions would say that where it's like the facilities, the infrastructure. I mean, I was just kind of at the dawn of some of these soccer-specific stadiums that were exciting. I got to open up one in Chicago and then one in Houston. Um, but, like, we didn't have really academies. And right when we started the academies, the kids that came in, it was like, ton of talent but what's really the plan for them at times and then now you see it's i mean you go through and talk to some of these coaches in their office it's like two three four depth charts into the academy when will he project at he's 15 at 18 we think he's got a chance at eight, then we move him on to europe like what i'm seeing now is just totally almost unrecognizable and that's just from the like playing structural side then you go to you know being in atlanta in front of 70,000 at mls cup uh, hope we get back to a safe place to do that type of situation yes. again. Yeah. And the way that the league is expanding so fast that I, I almost sometimes don't even know like what year is Austin, Charlotte, or Austin. <laughs> I mean, and, it, and it's switched. It's it's just almost hard to keep track how fast it's growing. And for me, I look towards like twenty twenty six, and I think that's what we all are kind of keeping an eye on. And just really, if even if you just look at Canada and how much that. Uh, Program has changed from the club level and then also now with the, uh, you know, not just MLS but the other leagues and then the national team and the fact that, like, Canada's going to host a World Cup. And I just remember when I was, you know, 12 years old, the World Cup 94 was in the U.S. and I went to watch Brazil play USA play at Stanford Stadium with my mom and I just remember seeing those, like, canary yellow jerseys and I didn't really know what else was going on but I just, like, I wanted in on that. and how that changed my entire life like i'm literally have devoted my whole life to this sport and from a professional standpoint personal standpoint all the friends like people that i uh, interact with um and so i just think about what that could mean for kids in toronto or brampton or edmonton or like wherever it might be um and then even in the us as well so and, and i you know Mexico's already got it. Like, they don't need it. <laughs> That's yeah. that yeah. so like, oh, yeah. this whole thing again? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Here we go. Yeah, well, uh, yeah
1: it'll, it'll end up ha- – we'll end up having, like, a Canadian Premier League team win the CONCACAF Champions League, you know? Yeah. Or, like, yeah. It'll just- <laughs> Forge <laughs> Hamilton is going <laughs> Hey,
2: you made a team in Brampton. We did an episode there. And Ayo yeah. Akinola is from there, too. Every time I see a kid come through and be like, oh, he scored a hat-trick. I'm like, where are they from? Oh yeah. I don't know what you uh, talk Brampton.
0: about Io Akinola is American. Come to the Men's National. Yeah we, should... <laughs> yeah. we should talk about Brampton.
1: <laughs> no, he's okay. never even heard of that place. Never heard
2: of it. Yeah. There's a lot to be excited for. I mean this this oh. year has been hard uh, on everybody, and and uh, and I don't think you can underestimate like what what has happened, or like understate what has happened. But I still look ahead and with some work. Uh, I think there's still a lot to be, uh, to to look ahead for.
1: Hell yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, and you're, look, you're, you're, we're going to look to you to be on the forefront of getting the, the, that message out there of the, of not only MLS, but just to get, to get these players to be more, you know, they'll be superstars by the time the World Cup comes around. And it'll be because, we, you know, they appear on the movement or so on and no, so look forth. look at the
2: show. Like this show didn't exist long ago, right? Now you guys, you started out the podcast, now you have a TV show and like, you know just the 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 perspective uh, that you guys are talking about is something that really hasn't been covered um, in the past so I, I think just as you look at all of these little things compound to create something much bigger and yeah. so you know I, I commend you guys for uh, I feel like you guys have the that kind of like hustler spirit and, and drive to make it happen and that's really important we we, we need that thank right. you no, yeah. you're right we mad important
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, we make it to the twenty twenty six World Cup. We'll see. You're not
2: just important because I, you know, I ask you for like Fubo TV discounts. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, we send it to you every week.
2: <laughs> thank you
1: again for checking out another episode of the Cooligans. Uh, we appreciate Kaylin Carr. Uh, absolutely crushing it on this show. Uh, so, Kaylin, uh, before we sign off, is there anything you want to let people know about? Anything you want to plug?
2: Uh, I just want to say thank you to all the people that participated in the podcast. Uh, all the players from the bpc the supporters in atlanta and across the u.s um i probably should plug my social handles ca squared on instagram or ca2 on instagram and then uh at Kaylin Carr on twitter um, but i want to give a special shout out to warren Cravall. he designed the podcast art for the episode oh, alongside awesome. photography by um, Ethan White, check out Warren's uh, brand, Creval. It's Craval.co. And then please, please, please check out the podcast. Give it a listen. I think it's an important perspective at this time, especially. And um, you can find that anywhere you find your podcast. It's called The Movement, like the video series, which is on YouTube, four seasons of that. And uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for having me on the show.
1: And anytime, brother. Yeah. And I, again, highly recommend checking out the podcast. It was, it's really, really good. And it's, it is very like, I got, honestly, got emotional listening to it. It's, it's very, very powerful stuff. So it was a great introductory episode to, to the podcast, which is already a great video series. So, uh, all right. So everybody make sure you follow, uh, as well at soccer, Cooligans on all social media platforms, follow at Fubo sports and make sure to subscribe to the football sports YouTube channel for full episodes of the show. Uh, so let us end the show the way we normally do. Do so uh, for Kaylin Carr. My name is Christian Polanco. I'm Alexis Guerreros. And together, what are we? The, the Coons! Coons! Coons!